Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're putting the 2022 UBS Global Family Office Report in the spotlight. And we're sitting down with the CIO for Global Family and Institutional Wealth in UBS Wealth Management to unpack the key findings. He's joining us once again to explain why this third iteration of the world's largest and most comprehensive study of single-family offices explains the period of transformation that we're in currently, and why a significant strategic shift in asset allocation, first discussed in last year's edition, continues to gain pace in 2022. So let's get stuck into the discussion with our friend Max Kunkel, Chief Investment Officer for Global Family and Institutional Wealth at UBS Global Wealth Management. Well, Max, thanks for being with us as ever. And let me start with just, well, it's a pretty obvious introductory, really. Tell us about the the UBS Global Family Offices report. It's the third iteration this time, but just give us a sense of what this report is. What does it set out to do when you and your colleagues put the report together? Sure. So the Global Family Office report this year surveyed 221 single family offices around the world. It's the largest and most comprehensive of its kind. Uh, The family offices surveyed averaged a total net worth of $2.2 billion. And we really asked them, as in prior years, around many things, both interesting in the short term, but also in the long term, be it with regards to strategic asset allocation, current concerns, matters of sustainable investing, or around digital assets. Well, yeah, and I was going to ask you a bit about a couple of headlines from the piece. And you mentioned strategic asset allocation. And I know that it's interesting that we're in this sort of new era, if you like, for family offices, wherever they are in the world. Perhaps you can tell us a bit about whether that's accurate to describe it as a new era in terms of strategic asset allocation. And if it is, what are some of the factors that have shaped that? What we generally find is that most family offices are preparing for an environment where we continue to have elevated inflation, higher, but in real terms, not very high policy rates, and growth, which is slowing, but not crashing down. And that in turn has three implications. So on the one hand, you have on the more strategic side of things, with regards to asset allocation, a further acceleration of that trend that we've already witnessed over the last few years, which is to move a greater and greater portion of the overall wealth into alternative asset classes. Second, and this is quite a departure from prior years, we're seeing that more and more families are looking to active management and active strategies rather than pure passive exposure. And third, we also see that a quarter of them look to engage in derivative-based strategies to earn yield and uh, improve risk-adjusted returns. Well, that throws up lots of questions that I want to ask you. Just first up then, let's talk about the numbers show pretty clearly the shift from fixed income increasingly to to, to private markets. Explain, Explain that particular one to us first of all, Max. Sure. Family offices for some time have already had the view that one should not engage in a traditional 60-40 portfolio where you have 60% equities and 40% bonds. What they've really done over the last few years is built up their own version of 60-40. 
So last year, for example, GFO report showed that on average, the asset allocation, so the right mix in the long term of different asset classes or family offices had 60% traditional asset classes, equities, fixed income, cash, and 40% alternatives, private equity, real estate, hedge funds, commodities. And what we are seeing is that shift is continuing. So this year, for example, we're talking about an average of 57% in traditional asset classes and 43% in alternatives. And this has really been principally a further move into private equity at the expense of fixed income. Now, you also mentioned this rise in, in active strategies uh, away from more passive approaches from family offices. Uh, tell us a bit about, about this as well, Max, because this is, I guess, the it seems to be the weapon of choice, if you like, for family offices all around the world when they're trying to seek out uncorrelated returns. Absolutely. So what the higher inflation environment brings with it is, of course, higher bond equity correlations. And at the same time, also within each asset class, greater opportunity for active managers to add value because we are seeing, number one, greater volatility, but number two also, and you can clearly see this this year, a greater divergence with regards to the development of different sectors, regions, or individual companies within each asset class. And this is really what many of the family offices are looking to at the moment. And it's, it is quite noticeable to see that this uh, is, is occurring as we speak, because in the past there has had been, especially when we're thinking about, for example, equities, a much bigger focus on areas such as pure passive exposure, whilst, of course, in the alternative space, an active strategy had been the, the principal uh, focus. Uh, now, you did mention uh, diversifiers in passing one of your earlier uh, remarks, Max, and I, I just wondered about the broader backdrop and the degree to which factors like uh, the pandemic, the rise of, of digital disruption, the war in Ukraine recently, and the, the impact that all of those things are having on supply chains, things like that, for example, are these factors accelerating what was already a strategic shift towards alternative sources of return, towards diversifiers? Have they, have they very markedly accelerated that, that process? Does the research suggest that that's the case? It, it, it does suggest that it's, um, it's been accelerated by that because what happens is we're coming out of an era of relatively low inflation, very supportive monetary policy, and very decent growth and moving into an era of more elevated inflation, higher policy rates, although one can question whether or not they're going to be in inflation adjusted terms very, very high, and growth which is coming down. And that is in, in large part also to some of the factors that you mentioned earlier on, Tom. And um, this is therefore clearly accelerating some of the trends that family offices had already been preparing for as we went into this time. And does it follow, Max, and again, I find this a particularly fascinating aspect of the research and the, the types, the profile of people that you speak to for this, that these are the kinds of themes that worry family offices as they look towards the future? Or are there other worries, perhaps, that preoccupy them more than some of those that we just mentioned? There are, of course, regional differences in terms of what worries people most. And there's also certain worries that come a little bit more to the fore at certain points in time. What we, we have found is that the biggest worries on average by family offices that um, were surveyed by us were, number one, 
inflation, number two, geopolitics, and elevated valuations. Now, when we're thinking about inflation, most families that we speak to seem to have a similar view to the one that we put forward, which is inflation is about to peak in most developed markets, but we're likely going to see more elevated inflations over the foreseeable future, in large part due to uh, cost push factors, uh, cost of decarbonization, cost of deglobalization, cost of demographic change, and think about cost of housing as well, potentially. Whilst at the same time, when we're thinking about geopolitics, what people seem to continue to consider is that we are ultimately in a situation where the world, economically speaking, is starting to become more and more regional. That is partly due to a multipolar political situation. It is due to the security around supply chains, obsession of consumers with local produce, and of course, technology also making it easier to produce closer to the end customer. And that in turn has meant for many family offices that in order to tackle that, they need to have portfolios that are becoming more global, because only through that more global approach in your portfolio, you are able to take advantage of the various different growth opportunities in the different regions. Now, with the recent developments, however, we have seen that that trend towards a broader, more global diversification had come to a pause. However, when we speak to family offices, they say that strategically, the vision remains the same, that they want to continue to go down that path of greater uh, diversification. And lastly, maybe just on, on valuations, this has become, or this is very much a worry, especially in the United States, across asset classes, in large part, of course, because uh, the fear here is the greatest that the central bank, Federal Reserve, is going to tighten too much, thereby having an even greater negative impact on valuations as we have already seen. Well, yeah, and I suppose that throws this idea of the, you know, the ongoing hunt for returns ever more sharply into focus. And I wonder, do the, the findings in this space, Max, speak to this broader trend which is a willingness for investors pretty much across the piece to consider sacrificing liquidity in that hunt for returns in a way that perhaps they would not otherwise consider. Yes, um, we, we do see that. So I talked a little bit earlier on about the current average asset allocation as family offices have them right now. But when we ask them about uh, the next few years, what are your intentions? What we do see is that 42% plan to increase direct private equity allocations. 38% intend to raise investments in private equity funds and funder funds. Real estate is favored by 37%. 27% are turning to private debt. And all of that at a time when 29% plan to decrease investments significantly or moderately in developed market fixed income. Max, one thing I wanted to slightly shift gear and ask you about was sustainable investing, because this is a narrative we come back to often on this programme. But I wondered to what degree recent volatility, low yields, a lot of the themes you've already have covered, has that slowed up or held up this broader shift towards SI in the family offices space? Are they being much more selective because of all the other corollary pressures that you've been describing? Does the data suggest that that's the case? What the data clearly shows is that sustainable investment continues to be very important for family offices. 56% of respondents said that they would invest sustainably, same as last year. But what we are also seeing is that they are starting to become, or have a more differentiated focus when it comes to SI. They're ramping up due diligence in order to identify greenwashing, measure impact, 
And also, and this is very important um, for many, is they're trying to figure out what exactly are the values that we as a family want to have represented in the portfolio and how we're making sure that they are actually represented in our portfolio. So it's a much more differentiated approach that many family officers are taking, which in turn also is very much in line with, with our thinking, which goes to the key point that sustainability means different things to different people. And one cannot just, in a broad brush way, say, okay, um, one is investing sustainably, and that's it, especially if you're being more serious about it, as many family officers are. Max Kunkel. And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle 24. You can find a veritable trove of further insights, information and reading. Just head to UBS.com and search Global Family Office Report 2022. In the meantime, you can listen again and find out more about this show, as always, at monocle.com or via your preferred podcast platform. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24.